The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper from uh, uh, calling you from uh, Great Britain on the line. Um, we're very excited at the moment. We've got the Olympic Games going on in London right now, and uh, it's providing an amazing sticking plaster, I think, to the mood in Great Britain. And, and what I'm keen to do today is, is talk about um, how to thrive, not survive. And uh, we're going to chat about effective sales and marketing strategies. Because despite the euphoria of the Olympics in the UK and, and the effect that maybe that's having um, for you and whatever country you're in at the moment, uh, for many businesses, it, it is a tough environment right now. And while um, some are struggling, uh, there are those like some of the sporting heroes of the games that are thriving still. There's over apparently 10,000 athletes competing in the games, and there's only about a proportion who are going to achieve gold. But, you know, on this show, I'm really interested in bringing great guests who can increase our probability of achieving gold in our lives, in our businesses. And sales and marketing are essential, aren't they, if you want to stand out and really shine? Um, so... Um, I wanted to bring someone who really understood these kind of principles and also had to have a, you know, a, a good feeling of social media too because we'll keep talking about that during the show because it's so important. And I believe I've found the right guest to do that. His name's Steve Clark. Um, he was first referred to me by the president of the Professional Speaking Association in the UK. He said to me, um, you've got to speak to Steve. He's a real entrepreneur. And, and I was immediately impressed by Steve's knowledge of social media as he started getting very animated and explaining to me about how he was using Twitter so effectively. Um, I came to learn that Steve there is one of the UK's leading experts on, on grassroots sales and marketing strategies. He's, an, he's a member of an elite team of business mentors. Uh, they're chosen by something called the Entrepreneur's Business Academy, which is led by a gentleman called James Kahn. And if anybody's uh, seen uh, the BBC TV's version of Dragon Den, Dragon's Den, then you might recognize him. Um, you know, like myself, uh, Steve helps business owners and entrepreneurs fast-track their personal and business effectiveness. Now, a bit of background about Steve first. He's, he left school at 16. He had no qualifications. Um, at 18, he became engrossed in personal development. And at 19, he went from tending petrol pumps at a service station to founding his niche in sales. And he quickly became a company director. Since then, he's owned and operated businesses in the UK and the USA. 
And he's lastly helped grow from zero to thirty million pounds in eight years. And he, be- he became one of the Times top one hundred fastest growing and most profitable um, small and medium enterprises in the UK. Now, in two thousand and five, he achieved a dream, and his dream was to be able to retire with financial freedom, including no mortgage by the time he was forty five. And I think probably very quickly he got a bit bored because he got busy again. Um, he's a business columnist. He's author of a book, um, How to Thrive, Not Just Survive. He's got it in ebook form. And and he's going to offer it for free on this show. And I only occasionally promote my guest products when I know they're really good. And I'm learning from this book. It's, um, uh, you'll be able to access it by going to www.eurekasales.co.uk slash VA. VA. I'll show VA for um, Victor um, and then A for animal or whatever it is. Um, we'll also <laughs> mention that again at the end of the show. I can't remember what A actually is. In that, uh, and that, I will mention it again at the end of the show anyway. Um, also, um, I've got a latest blog post on the show at bemoreachievemore.com. If you subscribe to my newsletter there, I'll keep you up to date on future shows and send you valuable, useful information. Uh, Steve also runs sales mentoring programs and masterclasses. He's lectured at university. He speaks internationally. Um, so... Um, if you want to ask any questions to me, by the way, you can drop me an email to chris at bemoreachievemore.com. If the question's a good one, then I'll, I'll try and pose it to Steve. But welcome to Steve Clark. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, that was quite the introduction, Chris. Thank you. And a bit VA, by the way, would be, it'd be Victor Alpha, or it was on there because it was actually Voice America. Ah, very good idea. <laughs> Just want to make yes. it easy for you. That would have been helpful, and obviously I, I completely <laughs> blew it. <laughs> no, no bother. Hi. Hey, I tell you what, let's let's start this by. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued. You know, you you mentioned that to me, and in my intro that you got into personal development when you were about 18, and it clearly had a big impact on you too. And I'm just interested in maybe what were some of the key principles that you learned from that personal development um, that inspired you as a, a petrol pump attendant to become this successful entrepreneur. Well, it's quite interesting. Funny enough, Chris, as well, one of the funny things is you mentioned about lecturing at universities. I realized how old I've actually become when I was relating to the, the students at university that I was a petrol pump attendant. And it was one of those kind of tumbleweed moments where the people I was talking to didn't even know what a petrol pump attendant was because now it's all self-service. So they had no idea what that was. But what had happened in it? In essence, you said I left school at 16, and I'm not particularly proud of that. But at school, you know, I I didn't really have the focus. And one of the problems, I don't know who it was that invented girls' exams and hormones and brought them all crashing together at about the age of 15 or 16 when you should be doing exams, because I definitely decided that girls were far more fun than exams. And in truth, I think they probably were. But, But what it led to was me hanging out with the wrong kind of crowd and not focused on my future at all. And by the time I'd reached 18, I'd been through a few different jobs uh, and it was going absolutely nowhere. And there was one particular cold, stormy night when I was pouring petrol into a guy's car on the forecourt. And the the frustration for me was that the, the guy sitting in the car was no older than me, but he was sitting inside in the dry. I'm out in the pouring rain. He's inside in a smart suit, and a lovely car, and someone else is paying for his fuel. And I thought, there's, there's definitely something wrong with this picture. Uh, and I got talking to him, and, and funny enough, some of your listeners may well be familiar with, uh, and you may too, um, Zig Ziglar. You know that name? Hey. Um, Zig Ziglar, the, the chap in the car passed me out of the take, because I was intrigued as to what he did and what he was about. And it turned out he was a sales rep. And 
I got chatting with him a little bit and he handed me a tape and said, listen to this. It might just change your life like it did for me. And that sounds a little bit melodramatic. But when I listened to this Zig Ziglar tape, what he was in essence saying was, if you want to see the changes in your future, then it's down to you. It's not down to someone else. It's not down to your situation or privileges you've been given. If you want to see the change, it's all about your attitude that will determine your outcome down the road. And that was, a, that was a real pivotal moment for me. And I started devouring personal development tapes and CDs and things. And, uh, yeah, it put me on the right path. And that path, in fact, was sales. And within six or nine months of talking to that guy in the forecourt, I'd landed my first job and had my first company car. And then within a few months of that was a director of my first company. That's amazing. And it's amazing just to think that small gesture of handing you that tape, it may have seemed a small thing to the guy who did it. But actually, it, it has actually um, achieved something significant. Just it's one of, those, one, of those, one of those funny things. It's kind of one of my favorite films of all time is Pay It Forward, if you've seen that. Uh, and it's something that, you know, now when I look back, uh, I do regularly because you know, I wish I knew who that guy was because he quite literally did change the course of my life. I know that, that sounds melodramatic, but he really did. And, and since then, I've got on to realize that. There's so much you can do if you set your mind to it. And the Olympics are an absolutely perfect standout example to, to, to the world right now of some of the people that are winning medals that, you know, a few months ago weren't even in with a shout. Um, several months ago, almost disabled out of, out of sport, but then getting their mindset right and getting the right team around them, the right support around them, and the right mindset. They're achieving all sorts of things. And that's absolutely the same in business. Yeah, and it's, it's you know great examples there, isn't it? About when things do happen, how you mentally react to that situation when yeah. you are in that dip. You see, right? I mean, there's some amazing stories of people having. There's one one person who lost both parents, um, you know, at the end of last year, and um, one who lost her husband at the in February, and um, you know, just amazing how they've still managed to, you know, uh, keep that keep the momentum going, really. Yeah. Um, so let's um, let's move into business. I mean, what, from your perspective and your experience, do you think are the key problems for small businesses today when it when it comes to sales and marketing? And how have you seen people getting it wrong? Well, <laughs> in in too many ways to list within the hour that we've got, Chris is the short answer. But in, in reality, what what I see repeatedly right now, and and I see this not only in the UK but across the world. I I did some work in Spain recently uh, where we all know their economy is completely in the toilet um, but they have the same challenges and I've got companies out there that I'm working with that are doing incredibly well I was out in the Middle East in Saudi Arabia a few weeks ago self same challenges about how to to make more sales make more profit and win more clients it's the same challenges all over people are passionate when they start out in business about their product or their service or what they're doing and then reality kicks in and, and they, you know, they may be passionate about being a hairdresser or passionate about their particular expertise in an IT area. But when they realize that customers aren't queuing up to buy things from them, they've realized they've got to know about sales and marketing. And, and, you know, in any economy and particularly when it's tough, um, now is the time you need to be doing more marketing than ever before. Now, there's a, there's a, a, a phrase that lots of us are familiar with of if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Not anymore. You've got to be doing so much more than you ever did before. It's a little bit unfair, but uh, you've got to keep on keeping on. And the biggest thing that I see people, the mistake I see people making is they accept in their minds that the game is over. They accept that the economy is tough. Their competition are all competing on price. And 
so they, they, they lose focus on what they're really about as a business. Yes, yes. Um, what, one thing I um, think is useful maybe to share while we're sort of starting this conversation is, uh, you know, your, your interpretation of what is the difference between sales and marketing. So I don't think people always fully grasp that. Well, should I give you the, the, the simplest one? I think this is in my book as well. The simplest one that, that I, I can offer people because in years gone by, I always saw marketing as this kind of the, the thing, the division up in the clouds that big companies had that was all about fluff and the brand awareness uh, and sales is what you did to, to wear out your shoe leather on the street to go cold calling. But in, in essence nowadays, for me, marketing is what you do to get the phone to ring. Sales is what you do once the phone rings. Pure and simple. Right. And it, 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 if we think about it like that, most people that I talk to, they will always say to me, you know, put me in front of a customer. No bother at all. You know, they'll always buy. Well, really, that's because of their, their passion and their enthusiasm that can come across when they get face to face. But what they're saying is they can't get the phone to ring. They can't get clients coming to them. And, and I promise you, in today's market, if people get the right focus on the right things and they discover what it is that people want from them in the first place, if they put the message out there in the right kind of way, nowadays, although this might sound a little bit um, upside down, to sell more, people should be selling less. Does that make sense? Not, yeah. not old-fashioned, foot-in-the-door, high-pressure sales. Thank goodness for so many people. That's not required anymore. Nowadays, if you get your simple elements of your marketing right and your message right, people will come to you. The problem is people focus on so many of the wrong things. You know, maybe I can offer out a, a challenge to all the listeners just now, Chris, is that <clears throat> I think it's true, and you'll find this, if you, you get what you focus on. And one of the problems, if people would take from me right now a seven-day challenge, I don't know who's up for that. Are you up for it, Chris? Why a not? Seven-day challenge. Well, that's brave. You don't know what the challenge is yet. <laughs> well, I, I, tr I, I trust you, Steve. <laughs> okay. so, so the seven-day challenge is to stop focusing on crap. Because, excuse me, but, you know, the, the one of the problems is if you, you get what you focus on, if you focus on crap and the rubbish and all the bad stuff, that's all that's going to keep coming at you. And I, I challenge people regularly to take a seven-day challenge with me, and the challenge is stop complaining for seven days. No complaining about anything. Don't complain about your wife, your husband, your girlfriend. Don't complain about your competition. Don't complain about the weather. That's a tough one for an Englishman, isn't it? But if you can focus on not complaining, but focus on good stuff for a week, you will be amazed at the things that change altogether. I think that's a very good challenge. Who's up for uh, seven, seven days, no complaining. It's, it's <laughs> up. I, I've actually tried it, Steve. And I think um, after about day three, um, I find it quite painful. <laughs> but it's a, very, <laughs> it's a very good challenge because, because what you realize is you, uh, you set out with that attention, but you, you naturally got that you know affinity and you have to keep uh trying to rephrase don't you what you've just said or just thought you do um, but you know but, but the thing is and that, but that's, what, what it does what, what it does chris by making you focus on not complaining you find yourself welling up ready to complain and moan about something if you can stop in that moment and reframe that in a more positive way then good stuff happens yes yes and i think i think you have to I, mean, I think it's really, really important to do it. And I think it actually kind of develops almost new pathways in your brain, doesn't it? Um, yep, absolutely. So it, so it can take a little bit of time. Um, however, the benefits of it are, are enormous. Yeah. So, so um, just uh, looking at um, time, I think we 
need to do is probably go across to a commercial break right now. And then after the break, we shall look at your formula for small business success. Perfect. Okay. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com. I'm with Steve Clark. Um, my guest today, we're talking about how to th- thrive, not survive, and we're chatting about effective sales and marketing strategies. Now, uh, I wanted to get into the kind of real meat of this, uh, this subject now with you, Steve, and I'm interested in um, your formula for business success because I know you've defined one. For small business success, could you share that with us? Yeah, yeah I, I certainly will, Chris. It's um, I, I've produced a rather convoluted, long-looking, complicated formula for business success. It's, I, I was being asked when I uh, came out of retirement late earlier on and came back into business. People were asking me, you know, what is the secret for success? And I don't pretend to know all the secrets at all, but I kind of looked at what was it that helped me grow. The business I had in America, which we then floated on the stock exchange there, or the UK company that we took to 30 million a year in annual, in annual sales. And what was it that would transcend different industries, sectors and boundaries? And I think I, I kind of hit the points within this formula that's in the book. And I made the, the formula look very complicated. It doesn't work terribly well on radio, but if people download the book, they'll see it. But in the formula, it looks like a big mathematical equation. And I made it look complicated because people, for some reason, think that's what business is. But in fact, Business altogether is really simple. It, it's not easy, but it's simple. And there's a big difference between those two. So, so in the book, I built a formula um, around the various elements that go to make up any business, I think, that, that make it work. And the first line of that equation is that people need GP and TE and an NM. And that's a the, people see GP and they immediately start thinking it's gross profit because they're in business world. For me, in any business that I've been involved with or that, I, that I've worked with, the, the, the owners and the leaders need to have genuine passion and tons of enthusiasm. Um, if you haven't got passion and enthusiasm for your business, why do it? You know, life really is too short and, uh, it comes across 
painstakingly to, to your audience if you're not passionate about what you're doing with your product or service. So one of the things I encourage people to try and do is to find a way that they can fire on all cylinders and keep their passion at that 9 or 10 out of 10 because trying to plod along at 6 or 4 or 5 out of 10 feeling a bit beaten up and battle weary that's not going to help you with your sales it's not going to help you with the business and so you know again let's go back to the olympics everyone there there's not one athlete competing that doesn't have a coach and a team around them to support them and yet in business quite often you go set up a business and you're out there on your own in business it's a lonely place to be that's where I found that you know, the mentoring groups and things that I run really work well. So I'd encourage anyone that's on the call to look at what their support network looks like and who can they go to for real help and support that will get them firing on all cylinders for their passion and their enthusiasm for the business. I couldn't agree more. And I think uh, Usain Bolt's a great example of someone with great passion, isn't he? Because he's so, he's so magnetic, isn't he? He's, Do you think so? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it looks to me like it doesn't care. Yeah, no, absolutely. But there's, you know, num- numbers one, two, and three. First, second, and third last night uh, in the, the 200 metres, all from the same team with all the same coach and all the passion, all the enthusiasm that's clearly making that team go so incredibly well. And, and what's as interesting, though, is uh, you know, the way that he, he, he talks to everybody. It doesn't matter who they are, and he engages with them. You know, Did you see him was... talking to the person on the start line last night, just I... before he's about to go and run? The person that's looking after the kit, where most athletes are in their zone, and they have to ignore everyone around them. He was doing little high fives and chatting to the person on the start line. So yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So made her something she'll remember for the rest of her life. And, and me too. You know, and when he was taking photographs with the photographer's camera, there's a, a, a roll of film there, so to speak, that's going to be worth a fortune to someone. But, but people can do that in business. You don't need to be so much in the zone and exclusion of everyone else. You can still be very involved and engage. One of the things that um, we have as a measure in business is ROI. All the listeners will be familiar with ROI if they're in business. It's return on investment. For me, the measure that people should look at today more than ever is ROE. Now, I'm not quite sure if I've invented this. If I should, I should copyright it straight away. But ROE is return on engagement. Because the more you can engage with your, your target market and your audience, the greater success you're going to have in business today. Because of the way that the world has changed, it's all about not selling at people, but engaging with a wider audience. Just before we came on this call, Chris, I had a, a phone call from someone up in the north of England, up in Yorkshire, that's uh, purchased my DVDs uh, and an online course from me, but was having trouble accessing the online side of things. And it's a guy I've never, ever met. Uh, runs a, a, an online business, but he's been following me on Twitter for the last month or so, which has taken him to our website. He's seen what other people are saying. And because of all that engagement, that guy's felt um, disposed to, to go and open his wallet and buy a product from me that I didn't try and sell to him at all. Um, and, and this is a new way. Of, <laughs> re, re, in some ways, it's a relatively, with, with the social media, it's a relatively new way of working that some Older companies, more established ones, have really struggled, haven't they, to adapt? Um, well, flexibility is key. You know, everyone should be practicing business yoga. You know, the more flexible you can be in business, uh, you, you will win through flexibility. But it's it's been a complete uh, paradigm shift for me. You introduced me as being someone that's an expert in grassroots sales and marketing, and 
for me, the interpretation of that is the, the old school kind of grassroots side. I do this. I get that back. I offer you this. You'll buy it at this stage. Then it's sales and marketing, whereas social media particularly is a huge disconnect for me. And it's very difficult for me to come to terms with it. I was very cynical because it was all just kind of out there spreading the love and talking to people. It appeared to be doing that without real purpose. Um, and I just didn't understand how you could just have a conversation socially and it turns into business. But I've learned exactly, you know, the, the, the good and the bad and the ugly on the social media side and, and really learned how to how to embrace it and make that work. But it comes down to ROE, return on engagement. It's not about broadcasting an advert anymore. Something I shall personally take away from this. I think that's I've not heard that before. And I think that's just really valuable piece of wisdom so let's um let's talk about um something i've mentioned in your ebook i read in your ebook um, which i think is an important place to start which is knowing your target market and your niche how do you best define these steve okay so can i just give the the, the address again because you mentioned earlier on if people want to get this book that we're talking about and it is a free download for for the ebook i i've been selling the book for quite a while online and events and things but i decided to make it available as a free download and i'll set a page up that your listeners can go to and it's eureka sales e-u-r-e k-a-s-a-l-e-s.co.uk forward slash VA. And what does VA stand for? It stands for Voice America, Steve. Now, let's, uh, <laughs> let, now answer my question. <laughs> Sorry, ask the question again. No, um, you mentioned knowing your target market and your niche. How do you best define these? Okay, well, the, the, the target market niche, it's, it's vital to know that. It, it can I ask you a question back? Who earns more in this world, a generalist or a specialist? Uh, Generally, a, gen- a specialist. Yeah, <laughs> generally a specialist. Generally a specialist. <laughs> pile them high and sell them cheap as a generalist. But in most situations, and certainly in our kind of field, a specialist will, will earn more um, because a specialist has a defined niche and they can become an expert in your field. When I talk to people and they're saying, well, we're always being beaten, beaten up on price and the competition's really fierce. And whenever I get talking to a client, the first thing they say is how much. It's because they're trying to appeal to everyone. And and although it may be that you've got a product that suits all the different markets, you can't take the message effectively to a general market. If you start to attack certain specific markets, for example, uh, I'm now seen as a bit of an expert in the dental market. I'm speaking at a big dental conference in the UK next year because talking with a dentist that I've done some work with, when I mentioned about the fact that when people have a problem with their teramandibular joint, that obviously creates a certain niche for her. And just the fact that I knew that people have a teramandibular joint that has a click in their jaw, it put me on the right radar where suddenly I was talking their language. Uh, I spoke at an opticians conference last year. Um, I'm not an expert in the opticians world or the dental world, but if you can get to know certain markets and know what their problems are, People will engage with you again and start to come to you for help and support and advice or whatever products you've got on offer for them. And then the last thing they say to you is, how much is it? Because they're then trying to justify the cost when they've already sold themselves on the benefits of doing business with you. So you can have multiple target markets then. Yes, that's what's beautiful. No, you absolutely. But multiple areas that you have some expertise in. Yes, absolutely. But But in order to get your message to the right market, you need to use the right kind of language, the right imagery, uh, the right tone, the right video, all the things that go to, to get a marketing message together. But if it's right for one particular age group, another age group will shun it completely. 
but the product may work both perfectly well. But you need to use the right terminology and the right imagery in order to get on their radar in the first place. And, and also, once you, you work out where those niche groups are that want your product, then you can actually go and find them much easier because you know where they're hanging out. You know, rather than just want to buy an advert and put it in a newspaper and hope people see it, because that's kind of mad. Mm-hmm. We've got. I want to ask you this this question. We've got about three minutes till we go to commercial break. The tops, yeah. um, but I, I like something that you you talked about, which was about. Uh, you know, we often talk about finding out about needs in sales, but I like the idea about finding a product people want and maybe really need. I think it's worthwhile explaining to the listeners what that sure. is all about. Again, another line of my equation is a PPW and an MRN, which is a product people want and maybe really need. As a young guy in sales, I was taught in early days that you need to find a need and fill it. Well, I'd suggest if you can find a want and fill it, it's a much, much easier sale because people buy what they want and not always just what they need. The, 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 the grudge sale and the grudge purchase where they're buying something they need isn't going to be a higher ticket and it's not going to be the, the greatest fun to sell. An example, as I'm sitting here looking out my window, I've got five kids. They're all of driving age. And I know that it costs a couple of thousand pounds to get a, a reasonable, reliable car for them to drive around in. Um, and yet when I look out the window, I can see a Range Rover Sport and a Mercedes on the drive. So how come if 2000 gets a good, reliable car, why am I sitting there with a Range Rover? It's because I bought what I wanted and then justify roughly in my mind and to my accountant why I need it. So it, people buy on wants rather than needs. Uh, uh, probably a better even example, one of my clients recently, Chris, um, they're a commercial cleaner, and we we took on a contract, no less, with the Harry Potter studios. We're, we, we've been in the commercial sector and in the educational sector, and we can be the only people in the UK that can lay claim to cleaning Hogwarts, which I think is quite cool. So at the, at the Harry Potter studio, but... They, they clearly needed a cleaner in order to clean their entire studio and all the sets and everything else. But although they needed a cleaner, what they wanted, which I had to understand you know, their makeup and what they were looking for, was what they wanted was a, a cleaning company that would actually dovetail into their customer service requirements, that would really understand what they are about in terms of service delivery to their customers. So when we went and gave the pitch for the contract, we didn't talk about the XYZ scrubber dryer and the, the chemicals or the non-chemical cleaning aspect of the business, which is what every other cleaner went and did. Uh, we talked about how our cleaners would be recruited, not at the minimum wage, but at the right level, so they would absolutely be in line with the, the Warner Brothers ethos and customer service element. And that won us a million and a half pound contract because we got to put what they wanted, not just what they needed. Fabulous. Okay, we're going to go across to a commercial break again now, and we should be back again uh, very shortly and continue with some more key points, I think, uh, that are really important when we're selling and marketing um, to thrive. Thank you, Steve. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Is your business ready to get started in social media? If you've already made that plunge, where do you stand right now? Are you using it to stay ahead of your competition? Or are you feeling a bit lost? Tune in to Social Media Pearls with host Shirley Williams. 
Shirley and her guest experts are here to answer your questions as well as focus on areas where you should have questions. It's everything you've always wanted to know about using social media for business. It's Social Media Pearls, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchievemore.com. I'm talking about how to thrive, not survive, effective sales and marketing strategies with my guest today, uh, Steve Clark. Uh, Steve, I, I would like to, us to also talk now about um, another point which uh, might be helpful to our listeners, particularly if they're looking at things like their marketing materials and their website. You, know, you talk about the importance of changing um, you know, phraseology, which refers to we and our, and shifting it to you and your. Do you want to explain what you mean? Yeah. Okay, Chris. That's uh, over here, and I'm, I'm not sure this will translate if it's right for for the US market. But I, I keep telling people to to stop weeing everywhere because they, when I look at websites and I look at marketing materials, there's an awful lot of we've been in business since 1975. We've been around since 1924. Do you know what? People need to get over themselves because people don't really care about that stuff. What they care about is what's in it for them. There's a very very uh, smart guy over here that, that shared with me the WIIFM, so the, a radio station to tune into, WIIFM, which is what's in it for me. And you need to be thinking all the time about reading any of your copy or your website from your customer's perspective. And as you read it, ask yourself, well, so what? What's in it for me? If you're the customer reading that, so if people can reframe things and talk about you and your versus we and our, it does make a huge impact on the way that people are reading it. and doesn't sound like, you know, you're bragging about who you are. That doesn't matter. It shows that you care about your customers. So think about everything that you can from your customer's perspective and phrase it to them and talk to your customers. So, so I guess also in some points on, on perhaps websites, people tend to also look at the Internet very quickly these days and on the whole, don't they? So I mean, I'm kind of interested in just very briefly on your view of um, whether you should be very – uh, brief and succinct, or whether you know some people I notice with with marketing copy they tell a long, long story and to engage people. I mean, do you have a, do you have a view on the, the the what's the right balance there, or is it? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's different strokes for different folks or different horses for courses. Um, you know, in essence, what you need to do is remember that um, without going into the whole NLP, the neuro linguistic programming side of things, some people are visual, some people are auditory, some people are very. Kept so we need to think about 
not how you as the business owner like to have information delivered to you because again that doesn't really make any difference at all what you've got to think about is know your niche and your target market think of the kind of avatar of that individual and think you know if they're detail orientated people that want massive information then that may be the way that you have to go but you can set a site up very easy so that there is some uh, an image that matches what the person's looking for when they get there so they can see a picture that graphically pleases them and tells them they're in the right place there should be a headline that grabs someone's attention again confirms you are at the right place and my, my website wins no awards at all for how uh, pleasing it is on the eye and graphically how clever it is but it should win awards for the amount of people that then do what i want them to do when they get to my website because the headline will tell them that if you're an entrepreneurial business owner that wants to boost your sales congratulations you're in the right place and then i go on to give them a little cuddle let them feel they're comfortable and then i move them to where i want them to go which is to sign up for my top tips or to sign up for an ebook or whatever it might be so people need to think about the the way they want people to react when they go to the website and all too often you know if you go to a web designer and the first question they ask you is what's your favorite color you shouldn't walk away from that guy you should run <laughs> because it's not about the color of your website it's about what you want it to do and that's what people miss all the time that's why you know, it kind of comes back chris to knowing your target market your niche market because if you don't start out with those basics in place you don't have anything to build on mm. one of the things i noticed when i looked at your website and actually i signed up for your ebook uh, was as i've mentioned was um you know you do use a lot of automation of something Quite a, quite a clever responder, I noticed, in, in there. I know automations are a key thing for you uh, yeah. and uh, certainly something very value to, valuable to solo entrepreneurs and people with small teams. I mean, what's, what's your advice around automation? Uh, do it. <laughs> uh, that's that's it uh, or, or and find or find someone that can do it i'm really uh, non-technical as an individual um i know about sales i know about people and i love the psychology attached to sales and all that kind of thing but i don't really understand how to make technology work i, I know enough about technology to know what should be used and so again another line in my equation of the business success formula is as plus lnp and that's automated systems plus the least number of people gives you a good business model. Because why do you want to employ more people and put them on your payroll nowadays? But when you can outsource to so many people around the world who will do jobs as you need them done, that don't sit on your payroll as a, as a fixed overhead. Um, it lets the little guy compete with the big guys, you know, in a way we never used to be able to do. So, you know, for example, in January this year, uh, I was walking my talk and I'd set everything up so that emails would go, tweets would go, posts would go onto Facebook and there were conversations going on. I was engaging with lots of people and I, I structured how that would all work in a, in a short space of time, set all the various emails and things to go. And then in January, I went to Mauritius. Uh, I got on the airplane, turned left, laid flat on the bed, woke up and I was in Mauritius and had two weeks holiday and didn't touch the computer. But my business grew in January by 512 percent, which, wow. you know, I was I was quite chuffed with because I was able to let people engage and do their things because I'd automated things. I, I use something called Infusionsoft, which is great. Uh, I don't use it well enough yet, but I'm working on it. There's so many simple systems that people can automate their their email, automate their tweets to some degree. Uh, all different elements of your business can be automated and you should do that wherever you can. Mm. Have, you, have you got any top 
favourites, uh, you know, favourite uh, pieces of software that you mentioned well, Infusionsoft? With Infusionsoft, you know, I have no axe to grind here at all. I was using something called Aweber a little while ago, which is a, a good way of automating emails, but it's limited in other areas for me. Uh, MailChimp is another one that works very well for automating emails. I use Infusionsoft because it lets me uh, track. I, I know that you signed up for the book because I can see that. When I send an email through Infusionsoft, I can see, did you open the email? Uh, did you click the video link that I gave you in the email? Did you watch the whole email? Uh, did you watch the whole video? I can track all those things. And I can see it, which lets me then, in the background, I can build a structure of the follow-up emails that come to you to say, hey, Chris, you got the email. That's great. You click the video. But heck, you missed the Bex bit. And if I can talk to you like that in first name terms, knowing that you watched a bit, didn't see it through, you missed the best bit. Here's a link again. Guess what? You're very likely to go back and watch that piece through so that I can help you engage in the process properly. You know, mm. it, it is very, it's very clever stuff and the statistics and the, the info that comes out of it are very good, but you don't need to do the doing in terms of analyzing the statistics or generating statistics. They're all there for you. And with, mm. with social media, I use Hootsuite so that all my things are automated, but we can touch on that a little bit later if you like. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I use – there are lots of different – they call them CRM systems, Customer Relationship Management, um, that lets me track you know, where people are and what they're doing and send mass mailers effectively but personally. I mentioned to you I did some work in Saudi Arabia just now. Uh, I've been sending follow-up emails to the group that I spoke to in Saudi, and they clearly haven't seen this kind of work before because I send them a series of 10 very short emails that I, I put together at the airport while I was coming back from Saudi Arabia. I scripted 10 very short emails, gave them to my guy they send, who fed them into my autoresponder. And as soon as I got back, I sent them a copy of my book. And on the back of that, automatically, the emails start to flow through to them to ask about what they're doing today and have they read page 12 and bless them, every one of them very respectfully writes back and says, Mr. Steve, we're on page 12. It's very good. It's very enlightening. And <laughs> they're, they're all writing back to me because they think it's me yeah. talking to them every time. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I know that you also um, you know, it's kind of embody a principle about becoming a, a multifaceted marketing machine. And I think this is a really important point today um, we need to we do a number of different avenues don't we not just one I mean, what, what, let's um, t talk about your take on that yeah there's um again you know multifaceted marketing machine is one of the things that's in the book um i know a lot of people that will tell me they go to network events and that's where they get all the business all from networking and then all from referrals well that's a really dangerous strategy we, we all know that if you get a referral from someone, you know, it's a you know, it's a good thing to have and you should definitely be generating those wherever you can. Um, but a lot of people don't have a strategy to generate them. They just take them when they come. Um, but if that's all you're doing, then you're missing a trick. Uh, one of the things that I've done, this might work for Radio 2, is to draw a, a wheel on the page and put eight spokes through the wheel and get people to look at that as if if that was your marketing wheel, zero at the middle, ten on the outside of each spoke and mark and chart on each of those spokes eight different things that you do for marketing in your business. Now, you can have 10, 15, or 20, but, you know, if I put eight spokes there, a lot of businesses I talk to struggle to tell me about four or five that they're actually doing with any effect at all. And if they then look at that visually and see that as they then join those dots around the wheel, 
where the first thing is email marketing, which they might do, and it scores a five. The next thing is networking, which they do regularly, and it scores a ten. Whatever they've got. And as you start to draw those lines around, that wheel looks very out of shape. It may be punctured, it may be flat, there may be whole spokes broken. And that visually gives people the impact to realise that in order to have a smooth ride and make things move nicely, you should really have all of those out as a 10 out of 10. And if you're doing lots of different things, business will flow. You know, social media is great, but it's not utopia. You can't drop everything and just start tweeting. But if people in business today aren't using Twitter or Facebook, they are hugely missing a trick. I haven't seen a business yet that can't or shouldn't be using it to some degree. It's just learning how to. I've got a we've got a couple of minutes left till we go to commercial break again. But I've written I've done my eight spokes while we've been talking, <laughs> and uh, what what I what I notice with it, you know when you've got eight spokes is if you are a solo. Um, uh, in a particular, a, a small business or solo entrepreneur, um, is a bit, one of the key questions is how, how do you allocate your time between them? Because you only have so much time and that's quite a lot of areas to try and score 10 on. Or yeah. does automation fix that? Automation can do an awful lot of that and, and outsourcing can do that because, you know, you figure out, you've got to figure out what, what you're good at and what you enjoy doing. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have read the e-myth. It's something that I try and help people with in their business, too, and, and look at ways that you can fire yourself from the business in as many areas as you can, because we've all only got 24 hours in a day. And the problem with a lot of, a lot of solo entrepreneurs is that, you know, they, they leave a job where they're working for someone else, working nine to five and doing their eight-hour days to get in the wonderful world of self-employment. And now they only have to, you know, they can pick and choose their hours, which is great. But in essence, what you do is you pick and choose any 18 hours of every blooming day, <laughs> seven days a week, because you, you're the only person in the business. That's mad. You need to find ways to automate things like I did with my emails, automate things like I do with some of my social media, um, and also outsource where it's something that either you're not very good at or you could outsource and get a job done cheaper than you could do it yourself and more effectively. Yeah. So automate and outsource. Uh, yeah. that, that book, The E-Myth, is, uh, is well worth a read. It's M- Michael, Michael, Michael Gerber, is it? Yeah, yeah. Michael Gerber. Uh, and, and Ivan Meisner, uh, who founded BNI, uh, the big networking in- group organized, so internationally told me that that was the, the book that um, transformed him from having two or three networking groups to, I think, something like about 3,500 around the world every week. Um, so it was, he put it down to that book and uh, yep. Michael, Michael Gerber. So well worth a read. We're going to go to commercial break again now and we shall continue um, shortly after the break. Thank you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. 
Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com. I'm talking with... Um, with Steve Clark at the moment about um, sales and marketing uh, strategies. And Steve, we're, we're chatting in the break. We're not going to go into social media. We've talked about it a number of times on the show of late um, in any detail. But you did mention, we, typically we talk about Facebook and LinkedIn and, uh, and uh, Twitter, but you mentioned something called Pinterest that you're exploring. So I just thought it might be worth mentioning that because we've not talked about Pinterest on the show before. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, it's fairly new to me, Chris. I don't purport to be an expert. In fact, I I don't want to be just another person jumping on the social media bandwagon. I I kick back for long enough not wanting to to do that. But because I've been making it work in business, I've been asked to do seminars and talks and things on it. So I've I've become a fan of social media from being a complete and utter cynic. Um, But one thing that I came across recently is a a young lady that joined uh, one of my mentoring groups, and I was exploring her website, and there were some interesting products that she had on her website while I was talking to her. And one of my kids had shown me this thing called Pinterest a few weeks prior to this. And Pinterest has moved away from being where Facebook, you can have conversations and you can put video and various things together, but it's, as we know, the kind of Facebook format. Pinterest is more based on kind of a scrapbook of pin boards, effectively. So it's people collecting images of things that they like. And at first I'm thinking, well... This has taken the non-communications to an all-time high now because you, you're not even talking or sharing stuff. You're just putting pictures up. I mean, how, how quick do things have to be? But while I was on this, I'd, I'd set up a Pinterest account to explore it, and I'd put a few pictures onto various pin boards, and that was great. Um, and it can become very addictive. So as you're surfing on the Internet and you're looking at things, if you see a picture that you like, you can pin it to your board. What I didn't realize is when I pinned a picture from this girl's website of one of the kitchens that she designed, I pinned it into one of my pin boards that I put up about um, houses that I like or products for the house that I like. I pinned it onto the board and within seconds, 16 other people had repinned that picture to their boards saying, this is the ideal kitchen for me. And I just suddenly lit a bulb in my mind going, okay, I now get it. So I went through and explored. And when I looked at the picture that I put onto my board, it was just an innate picture sitting in the scrapbook. But when you actually clicked on the picture, it took you immediately to that girl's website. Ah. Now, ah, a light bulb. It's, it's that it's an amazing power to be able to put pictures and the the key to it is getting people to see your pictures and have them pin them to their board because when it pins it to their board it shares with all of their followers that there's a new picture on the board 
It also lets you tweet at the same time that you've pinned something to your Pinterest board and tell your Twitter followers about it or your Facebook followers. So, again, it's this return on engagement. You can reach a massive audience with your products and images. You can put videos on there. You can put um, pictures on there. Uh, you can share slide share type um, shows. It's it's just you know in its infancy still now, but growing at a, an incredible rate. And I think you know early people in seeing how to use that from a marketing perspective will be able to make some hay on this one. I think. Great. I want to just go on to um, more sort of practical selling. A, a little tool that I, I recently sort of put in my office is a big whiteboard with to ensure that I follow up on leads because yeah. I, I realized that um, you know I was letting that slip sometimes and I could have been far more efficient and sometimes forgetting the leads, some of the leads that I actually had. So I've now got a whiteboard and I've got nice columns on it and I put my leads and mark it off on there. I, I know that you had, you had some startling statistics about the lack of lead follow-up in your book and I'm just interested in whether you've got a perspective on how people can follow them up effectively and make sure you know, after all this great marketing work that they've done that yeah. they don't miss out on the, the, the prize really. Yeah, absolutely. So your whiteboard is above your desk, just above your quill pen, is it? My quill pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I've got a big whiteboard too. I still like to go cabin cruise doors to manual, and we do things on the on the board as well. Yeah, the, the, the follow up. Here's here's the thing, Chris. That uh, having looked at some stats, is that Steve, and I do have had all, had all of this stuff actually in you know in a really good CRM system. However, yep. I have to physically go into that. With yep. this, it's my wall. It's huge. Yeah, I yeah. can't have doing anything but look at it. So. <laughs> well, if, if you could see this just now, you'd see mine sitting there. And I've got eight things on my board, and I've got three that are scrubbed off. Uh, but there are eight sitting there that need to be done before I take off to Spain at the weekend. So, you know, it, it's a very good visual in-your-face reminder. So I'm, I'm all in favor of that. Don't get me wrong at all. The, the automated system, what happens with the online side is that wherever I go, uh, on my travels, I can dial into my list and I can see what's happening, which I can't see my whiteboard from somewhere else. So it works. But here are the numbers. 49% of people in business never follow up. Now, that's a startling number. Uh, this is taken from the uh, Marketing Association, but they do it because they don't want to be pushy. They don't want to appear to pester people. They don't want rejection apart from anything else. Only 25% of people actually make a second contact. So they might send a quote to someone, then do a follow-up to say, are you ready to buy yet? Are you ready to buy yet? And that's pretty much all they'll say. And yet, how about this? Only 2% of sales nowadays come on first contact. So if my math served me right, because if only 2% come from first contact and you don't follow up, that means you're leaving 98% on the table for someone else. So a follow-up system isn't important. It's absolutely imperative for people to design a follow-up system. Um, and it doesn't mean, are you ready to buy yet? Are you ready to buy yet? Well, if you buy before Friday, my boss says I can give you 25% off. That's just such weak sales. And if someone comes back to me having trying to sell me at one price and then at the end of the month because it's going to close for their commission tries to sell me it with a discount, uh, I, I'm really quite happy to walk away from that kind of deal most often. But... With a, a follow-up process, and again, you can automate so much of this. It takes six or seven contacts at least before people are ready to buy. So if you've got a, a system, as I have perhaps on my website, where I've got an autoresponder, it means I can stack up 10 or 12 things. So if you sign up for my top tips, for example, on the website, I'm going to give you my top 10 tips. 
but I don't give them all in one go. I spread them out so that every few days and then every week, I'll give you my tip of the week or tip of the day. And I can have a conversation with you saying, Chris, you know, did you get on with the last one? Because here's tip number four. And I'm giving you good information that's valuable. And then, and then you can work on it. But I'm not trying to sell you stuff. And then after six or seven, guess what? People then come and buy. Fantastic. Steve, we've got a, about a minute left. So I just wonder if you've got a final um, sort of couple of points that you'd like to leave people with. Well, yeah, what can I say? There's always three different types of people that I come across, Chris, in business. There's people that actually wonder what on earth happened and they're getting left in people's dust. There are people that sit around and think about it forever. And there are those that actually make stuff happen. And in today's economy around the world, entrepreneurial people and business owners that succeed need to make stuff happen for themselves. And uh, my next book that's about to come out is actually entitled It's Your Attitude That Determines Your Altitude. Because it is all about, in today's market, it's about having the right attitude and mindset and an action plan to make it happen. Fabulous. Steve, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been, uh, been really fascinating talking with you and listening to your thoughts and ideas. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you want to find out more about Steve Clark, go to www.eurekasales. That's E-U-R-E-K-A-S-A-L-E-S dot co dot uk and if you add slash va on the end uh, you can also um, through that link um, f- obtain steve's free ebook um, so if you've got any questions or feedback please um, send them to me at uh, chris at be more achieve more dot com or you can leave messages on my facebook page at facebook dot com slash be more achieve more um, and just in terms of next uh, week's show um, we're going to be talking about personal branding so you know we are all brands and um, the perceptions of other people towards us will significantly impact the opportunities that we have in our life and our business. And we're going to be talking with um, global um, expert um, Leslie Everett, who is um, one of the top people when it comes to personal branding. So I look forward to, um, to that show. And Steve, thanks ever so much again for joining us this week. We thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.